Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Last week, I promised a very special guest, and this is my first time of having somebody here with me in person, actually, and I'm super excited to introduce my son, Bodie Harrison. Hey, how's it going, y'all? So I was excited to have Bodhi come because he was coming into town to, he's a professional videographer and photographer and media content director, and he was doing a video for my husband's band this weekend, but he is a really phenomenal human being, and I just wanted to bring him into this conversation about, what are we going to talk about today? We thought we'd talk about higher power and life. Higher power, life finding clarity and guidance through your pain. Yeah. So I really appreciate him being here. You want to tell us just a little bio about who you are so we can get to know you better, Bodhi? Yeah. Well, thanks for that introduction, by the way. Yeah, I am. My name is Bodhi Harrison. I'm proud to be the son of this wonderful woman we all enjoy listening to. I'm a podcast fan myself uh, of your podcast. And I am 21 years of age. I was raised in Louisville, Colorado by some loving parents. I've been on fire, passionate about every board sport you can imagine for my whole life. And my senior year of high school, I took a film photography class that really elevated my interest in producing images and telling stories through video. And that evolved around my freshman year of college into being a freelance photographer and video maker. And I practiced that craft 
and eventually got a phone call to be the marketing director of a company that produces accessories and parts for an electric skateboard called the One Wheel. Um, And that's the other thing I do. I am a professional one wheel rider and I compete in one wheel freestyle competitions and am the national champion the last three years in a row. So what I do is ride my skateboard, ride my one wheel, ride my surfboards, and I make videos. So that's he's, he's being very humble. He's a pretty profound board sports all the way around. He started riding a skateboard when he was about 18 months old. Shout out, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, we talk about recovery here, and in all reality, Bodhi is this extraordinary person who came from an alcoholic home. And so what I really appreciate about our lives and the connection that we have with each other is is alcoholism is a family disease. And there definitely has been some adverse effects on our kids from growing up in an alcoholic home. I've mentioned in my past podcast that they may have addiction issues that they may or may not have to deal with down the road. But I love that we can talk about it and that we have open conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the the effects I've got from being raised by alcoholics, I'm lucky that you and dad were functioning alcoholics and weren't physically abusive or even mentally abusive at all. It was really the only side effects we received were the effects you guys had on your own lives. And we kind of got the echo of that. Mm-hmm. And really the the one thing that stuck with me was my need to keep everybody happy. Mm -hmm. And that's anywhere from putting people in front of myself when I really shouldn't be to saying things that I think people want to hear to make sure that they stay okay. Because a lot of the turmoil in the household was between mom, dad, and my older brother. And it felt like my job to kind of pick up the pieces after the fight and check in with everybody and make sure everybody was okay. And that kind of bled over into my personal life, which is a blessing as much as it is a curse because it causes me pain from time to time, but it also has made me into a human that really, really cares about people and their well-being. And I'm not a selfish person in the sense of I don't say whatever I want to say not caring how it's going to affect other people. I don't do whatever I want to do, not caring about how it affects other people. It gave me an awareness of that my actions and my words can positively or negatively affect people. And so recently, as I'm becoming a man and looking internally and trying to find stability and and peace in my spirituality, I'm trying to turn that from an unhealthy place into a healthy place where I'm standing my ground, speaking my truth, but I'm also making sure that the people around me are okay, but I'm not putting them ahead of myself in an unhealthy way. I love that you said that and that this for me is such a huge piece of my own story, but is such a piece of so many people's stories. And I, I just honor the fact that you're recognizing this at 21 years old and that there's a ability for you to look at it in a way that will help you along the road to become that better person and not let it become, become a problem. And I, I do recognize that that was a piece, a role in the family that you played of 
you know, we relied on you to be the good kid, to be the one that kind of kept it all together. And that's a heavy, heavy weight. And I noticed, and we were talking earlier about your current life and responsibilities and how that plays out and how you're recognizing some of those behaviors and wanting to lean into that. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And I think my inward vision would not be there if it weren't for you and dad pursuing recovery and pursuing the 12 steps and me seeing you guys look at yourselves and seeing the positive change that came from that was really eye-opening to me. And also, when I was a freshman in college, I went to a, a skateboard church up in Steamboat Springs, and I met my good pal, Jesus Christ. And one of the the beauties of truly accepting Jesus into my heart was the conviction that I got from that. And that conviction, what I mean by that is that he's able to show me the parts of myself that are in need of change, but he doesn't just show me. He shows me and he leads me to a higher place and helps me process that. And so I think my faith and watching you guys is what has started me on this journey of, of self-reflection and of really trying to find the places in my life that are lacking and trying to find ways to not necessarily fix them because there is no fix. Mm-hmm. It's a journey of learning to overcome mm-hmm. because it, it will, it'll cycle back sometimes those bad habits, but it's about I'm trying to learn to overcome and identify those things. You know, I was thinking that there's such a beauty in, in recovery and the higher power and that that can be whatever it is for people and, and how each of us have picked our own paths and given each other space to be what that is for us. And, um, I think I've mentioned in the, in another podcast, I was raised Buddhist. My mother is still Buddhist. I struggled with Christianity from a grandmother that had come pretty heavy handed about what she believed And then we found uh, New Thought Christianity, and you on your own have really taken on the love of Jesus Christ, and that is your higher power, and that as a family, we all can allow each other to have whatever those beliefs are. And I appreciate that and respect that in each of us, because that's, if we all did that in the world, what a gift it would be to let each other have that, because that reliance is so essential. Yeah. And ultimately, I, my beliefs are my beliefs, but I believe as long as you know there's something greater than yourself that is the energy that surrounds us and on this planet that's there to help us, as long as you know that or at least acknowledge that, you're on the right path, whatever you call it, whatever you identify as, Buddhist, Christian, Catholic, Hindu, Hare Krishna, like whatever. Tree lover. Tree lover. <laughs> as long as you are acknowledging your higher power and accepting it into your heart you know that's that's you're doing a good job right so tell me a little bit about your recent experience you had a dark night of the soul recently with a lot of the pressures that you're feeling which include this backstory of feeling like it's your job to take care of everybody um yeah i had a very gnarly i guess the best way to explain it would be an anxiety attack from May of last year to this year, there's been incredible change in my life. 
some positive, some negative, mostly positive. But I went from being a college student, messing around, making videos, taking photos. I was an RA in school, so my rent was covered. My food was covered. It was pretty low pressure. I lived a pretty low pressure life, and I had a ton of fun. And I moved out of college, back home, and things got real. And I realized, okay, now it's time to become an adult and really be putting my energy into my career. And that is when my my anxiety began. And I moved four times, I think, before I ended up out in Sacramento. And I still freelanced. And then now, flash forward to where I am now, I am fully self-reliant. I pay all my own bills. I have a dog that relies on me. I'm also the the captain, the leader of my friend group, and they all rely on me to make the plans and make sure everything's taken care of. I'm now the marketing director of a company, and my actions and my decisions affect the well-being of our entire brand. Mm -hmm. And I've got a girlfriend now that I have to make sure I'm emotionally supporting and making time for, as well as a bunch of side hustles. I make stickers on the side, and I also still do some freelance video So all these things are amazing. They're all awesome and beautiful, but it's also really hard for me to make that adjustment. I mean, it's only been a year, and I wasn't very good in school. We were talking about Mm -hmm. that earlier, and I didn't really build all these adulting habits, per se, of keeping a good calendar and keeping good lists and taking notes when I'm on a phone call or learning about something and those skills that I missed out on, I'm having to create in my life now while balancing all of these things. And it's been really hard for me. And my anxiety's been, I never had anxiety growing up all, all the way through college and never had anxiety. I was like one of the most optimistic people you had ever met. Even now, like people that meet me, they, they look at me and you, you would meet me and you, you'd think I'm just a carefree guy, like very optimistic. Nothing could get me down. I'm still able to kind of portray that because that's what I used to be. But my my life has been pretty overwhelming recently. And I had a, a big a big freak out one night. Let's bring it back. I had a big freak out. And I've been having these anxiety waves. And at first they took me by surprise and I wasn't used to them. And they would kind of just crush me. And as they've been coming, I've been realizing I need to look deeper and observe mm-hmm. as these as it's my judge my inner judge is attacking me and trying to throw too many things in my head at once I, I broke down it was really really hard I spewed words out of my mouth my girlfriend was there for me luckily I spewed words out of my mouth that weren't true about myself that I hated myself that I don't like who I am that I can't manage anything in my life that I'm not a good boyfriend to her I just negativity just flew out of me we talked about the judge in a in a recent episode, so that judge was heavy on you. I've got a really gnarly judge. Yeah. Very, very gnarly judge. So it just spewed out, and then I think since I allowed that to, to be released, I then took a step back and started to listen to the judge, more observe it mm-hmm. than, than let it in. Right. And I, and I was like, okay, so I pulled my phone out, and I, I wrote a list of all the things that I was— that I was getting beat on in mm-hmm. my head about, mm-hmm. about my time management, my financial management, my work balance management, being a better dad to my dog, being a better friend to my roommates. Mm-hmm. I wrote down all these things and it just kind of gave me like a, a clarity. Mm-hmm. 
where it, I almost had made a game plan where I'm like, okay, instead of letting all this attack me, because each anxiety attack is almost about all the same things. And then I just kind of put it away. I'm like, okay, I'll deal with that later. And then it comes back. And so I wrote these things down. And now I think that's going to give me the ability to let my higher power sit in the passenger seat with me. And we can take this journey one step at a time and work the kinks out. And I think over time, as I work these kinks out, the anxiety will go go away and I will adjust into this new life of mine and continue to listen, continue to observe the judge mm-hmm. and just write it down. Yeah, when you can step back and for me, when I can step back and observe the judge as a different voice than my own, it really is something that you can look at from a healthier perspective and say, is this true? Is this not true? And do the work and the steps to hand it over to your higher power. Because otherwise you think you have to be the one to fix it all. Right. And also everything that comes from the judge isn't true. You know, I, I believe there is darkness that is trying to get into our hearts almost on a daily basis. So we have to observe the thoughts to discern, is this true? Is this not true? And I think writing it down also helps mm-hmm. visualize that. So when I, when I wrote some of the things down, I was like, eh, I don't know about that one. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that one. Because our judge, our judge seems like it's always bad, but it's also there for a reason. Right. Right. It's kind of our, our painful compass. I love that painful compass. Mm. Interesting. Are you heading in the right direction? And do you, you know, sort of talking about addiction and stuff, when, when do you find that you're kind of leaning into trying to check out with maybe drinking some beers or smoking some pot or something versus kind of leaning into that pain Mm -hmm. to, to have a learning and growth for yourself? And how does, how do those feel for you? Yeah, well, so my my history as a as a an addict is I grew up in high school drinking and smoking, doing all that stuff. And then when I found Jesus my freshman year of college, I went sober for two years. And then after that two years, I was kind of like, Okay, I think I can manage this now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna kinda dabble again. Kinda got right back into where I was. Not mm-hmm. quite as bad. I had more of an awareness and an ability to identify it. And I would tell myself I wasn't using weed and alcohol as a crutch. And I really wouldn't intentionally. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be freaking out and be like, where's the tequila? Right. Or like, I need, I need to load a bowl right now. But I'm sure subconsciously when I was having a hard day, I was, I was looking forward to that, that weed. I was trying to handle it, but ultimately I knew that was at the end of the road was that like last little bit at night to smoke. And through that freak out I had recently, and I actually had the clarity that the weed's got to go again, and it doesn't work with me because for me, it shuts my brain off. And I've realized in my adult life that from observation of, of others and in myself, that when I have an issue or when somebody has an issue that's deep down, that's emotional or a bad habit that needs to be changed, you have to just take it. You have to hit it head on. Mm-hmm. You got to take a right hook, a left hook, and an uppercut. But that's how you truly process it. And I've been realizing that, that the alcohol and the weed isn't necessarily bad. But it's not bad if you're 
out at a party, having a couple beers, right. drinking with the friends. But if you're at home having a rough day, knocking back PBRs, that's when it just gets pushed down. And it's almost like the alcohol and the weed twists it up as right. it pushes it down. It distorts it and shoves it away. And then it's even harder to process when you're finally ready. And so I've, I've found that clarity to, to quit smoking weed again, which is hard because when I think about it, I'm like, oh, what about this? What about that? What about this time? Oh, I already have this bong. That's so awesome. <laughs> you know, and this, I get it. This, I have like nice wine sets and all those kinds of things. And, yeah. you know, didn't want to give up. Didn't want to give up the wine. Yep. Nope, exactly. But I know that I have this opportunity in this life to to not only have a really cool life for me and provide a really cool life for my family that did the same for me as I was a child, but I also see the potential in me to radically help and change tons of people's lives through what I can do. And I know that if I don't process my own issues mm-hmm. in a healthy way, right? and I know I'll never be perfect, but I know I can be a, a, an elevated human being if I can put the weed away, only drink the alcohol when it's the right time, you know, not in an evening beer every evening because you start looking forward to it. And like on the weekends or maybe not even on the weekends, maybe only on get togethers or at parties. If I can put those things away and work through my pain and work through my issues, then that's what's going to give me the potential to, to create an amazing life for myself, to create an amazing life for my family, to create businesses and organizations and groups that positively affect people's lives that's where I want to be and I know if I let my addiction rule me and I keep making excuses and I keep drinking and I keep smoking that'll never happen and that actually reminds me of a story I'll tell the quick version of the story when I first went sober it was because I was meeting with the owner of skate church the director about a video I was doing for them and I went, I had this profound moment where God came to me and gave me these clear visions. He said, if you want to keep smoking, you're going to watch all these things slip through your hands. And I had a vision and of me like in a dirty apartment and I felt all this pain and like sorrow and sadness. And he's like, or you can give it up and watch your dreams come true. Wow. And I had this like profound feeling of like light and positivity. And I had a vision of me like at that time I was paddling a lot. So I had a vision of me holding my paddle up in the air on the top of a podium and just like smiles and happiness. I never heard that story. Yeah. And that's what kind of bums me out that I started smoking weed again, but I'm on my own path. You, know you I mean? are. There's and, ups and downs. And and the truth is addiction is, um, is a very intense thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's cunning and baffling. And I think that, you know, everyone has their thing and, and we try to, we try to manage it and it's okay to try to manage it, you know, but ultimately our best selves are there and present for us. And for me, I think recently I've made a change in my mental attitude instead of feeling like I'm restricted from something that there's a, the freedom that I have Mm -hmm. and just to change that wording in my mind that it's not that I can't, it's not that I can't drink, it's that I choose not to, and the freedom that I feel in this new life of having 
more energy and ability to reach people. I love that you have those dreams to do those things for people. I have those dreams too, to be able to be my best self. And it is really interesting how much our addict is fighting against us to, to try to take it down. It's you know, so gnarly. it's an adverse, um, a, a foe to be, you yeah. know, really managed. Oh, and the crazy thing is that it's not that resistance isn't only for addicts. It's elevated for addicts. Right. And then Good we point. use substances to fuel that. But it, that reminds me of a, an amazing book I listen to on a regular basis called The War of Art. Oh, that's your dad's favorite book, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dad put me onto that one. And it talks about resistance and how anything we want to do for ourselves or for other people that's going to be positive and impactful, we're going to feel this like resistance to do it. We're going to, there's going to be this invisible hurdle that pops up Mm -hmm. and he talks about, he identifies it all this blah, 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 but you can basically use resistance as a compass. Like the more resistance you feel, the harder you have to push in that direction. Interesting. He says, it's funny. He's like, if you're working, if you're thinking about quitting your career as a dog therapist and you're going to start a telemarketing career, don't worry. Resistance ain't going to touch you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, what a joy to sit here with my son who I've learned so much from and have such a gratitude for him being in my life and the relationship that I have and the love that we feel for each other and the excitement that I have in watching you grow up. And it's been wild. You know, every human has such beauty and we are all connected. And I just feel so grateful to be in this world doing this with you. So thanks for being here today. Thanks for being the best mom I could ever ask for. Oh, you're so sweet. Thanks, Bode. Thank you for listening, and I hope this episode offered you tools, guidance, and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. If you'd like some support and encouragement with your soul recovery, book a coaching session with me. When you're ready for change, it's amazing what can be done in just a few sessions. There's never any long-term commitment. This is your personal journey, and I'm just here to be a guide and assist you in connecting with your fullest and happiest self. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net where you can find more about me, Rev. Rachel, book your spiritual coaching sessions, subscribe to receive email updates, and even listen to some of my original music. We thank you for supporting the production of this podcast by donating on the homepage or subscribing on Apple Podcasts or becoming a Patreon member. When you become a member or a subscriber, you're going to receive an extra bonus episode each week, and your support is really appreciated. By following, subscribing, and reviewing this podcast on your favorite platform, you're helping to spread the Recover Your Soul message. We hope that you will follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and even join the private Facebook group to become part of our transformational community. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul.
The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.